morning. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is Barb Goldberg of The Evil Stepmother Speaks. And I am uh, welcoming this morning guests that I am really excited about. And that is Dr. Alexandra, uh, excuse me, I'll get it right, Dr. Carmen Hara and her daughter Alexandra, who have written a book called The Karma Queen's Guide to Relationships, The Truth About Karma and Relationships. And it's really um, it's really something that um, has really, something I have to say I wasn't exactly thinking about whenever we are always talking about our stepfamily life. And I was wondering, you know, what if all this is a karmic thing? Um, what if, what if that's what it was really all about from the beginning? So, um, actually, I'm seeing if our guests are online. Let me see right here. We are. We are. We are. Hey, there they are. Hello. Good morning. We are online. Hey, how are you? Sorry, a little bit of a glitch this morning. Okay, we've got it now. No problem. We were waiting online. We we just didn't know what to do. Okay. Oh, that's fine. Uh, no problem. No problem. We'll roll with it around here. So anyway, um, so, you know, when you think about it, um, you know, it really, I don't know if anyone has ever thought about it, like if we were really destined to be in our stepfamily relationships. But when I was doing research um, on the karma queens here, I realized that I don't really have the right perception of what karma truly is. So let me tell you a little bit about our guests. And then I'm going to let them explain it to me and to you so that we have a better handle on it. Um, First of all, the really cool thing about this book, The Karma Queen's Guide to Relationships, The Truth About Karma in Relationships, is that it's written by a mother-daughter team, both Dr. Carmen Hara and Alexandra, which I think really gives the book, like, a great perspective from coming from maybe two different generations, if you will. So I think it gives it extra depth. And um, Dr. Hara is an internationally acclaimed psychologist, and she's a best-selling author. And I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I think that she's an upcoming Bravo reality person. Is that fair? Yes. Yes, I want to hear about that. I want to hear about the dirt. And her daughter, Alexandra, is a life coach, and she also um, gives tips, both of them, on how to deal with an ex after a breakup and how to even see if even a friendship is even possible, which really when it comes down to it for all of us in step families, it really is built on the foundation of the divorce. And I can't think of anyone else that would disagree with that one. And we all know that there can't be any perfect relationships, but Dr. Hara and Alexandra are saying that we can have better experiences if we're aware of our karma and the people that we're allowing into our lives. So I'm going to let, I have a ton of questions for both of you. So I'm going to, go right into it and, um, and say that, first of all, I thought, this is what I thought karma was. I thought that, like, you're born into this life, you're sort of imprinted, if you will, with karma, and you're kind of, for lack of a better term, stuck with it, and that's it. But after reading about both of you, I'm starting to realize that I don't think I have a handle on it. So I'll let either one of you take it. Can you really explain to us what karma is? Yes, so uh, uh, karma is the number one law of spirituality. And uh, at a certain degree, you know, you try to define it 
part of it, you know, uh, because karma is just uh, everything you are, the totality of your thoughts, intention, action, uh, your memory of the soul, the imprints of everything that has ever happened and even will happen to you and everybody coming into your life, uh, you might have a karmic relationship with because uh, everybody coming comes for a specific reason. Like we used to say that God gives you the people that are mm-hmm. supposed to teach you something. So, um, uh, talking about, you know, becoming a stepmother, it happened to me actually, you know, so coming from another part of the world uh, with a singing contract in New York, and I met my husband who actually uh, was a divorced man with two daughters uh, oh, from the first marriage. So here I am, you know, becoming a stepmother uh, at 20-something, you know, with two uh, girls who had to accept me. So I've been through that process, and I absolutely believe that my relationship with my husband was karmic, meaning was something that had to happen, something right. that, as you said it, you know, was part of a previous experience. I always had a feeling like looking at my husband like I uh, was, was knowing, like, like I knew this man, and I was knowing what was supposed to happen. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, the experience couldn't have been more complex and more fascinating and more intriguing and more extraordinary overall, you know, because I, I learned so much from right. the life with him as soulmates and from the, uh, uh, having to deal with uh, the karma that he was carrying into my life by bringing those two girls into right. my life. So um, that was a very, very interesting um, uh, uh, experience for me. So um, uh, I should say that karma is a very complex element of life that can be actually reversed, can be uh, corrected, um, but it's the baggage, it's the luggage that you carry with you. So when you said at the beginning, karma is something you stuck with, um, it's true. If you don't identify it, you carry it and it, it grows and it becomes more heavy, it's unresolved. So there is, uh, the reason both of us, we decided let's do this book is mm-hmm. because we want to make sure that we explain our, our you know, uh, readers that, um, uh, and even the listeners on your show that you know, karma is something that can be worked out and it's not a punishing law. Because people think, oh, you know, it right. goes around, comes around, so I, I will get uh, hurt or punished because at some point in my life I did something wrong. Or some people ask, I, don't, I haven't done anything wrong. Why is this happening to me? Why am I caring? What are my memories that are not revealed? So um, it's very fascinating to dig deeper into every single experience of life and make the totality of your life experiences in order to identify your karma bring it to the surface, and actually heal it and, and reverse it and go from having that heavy karma and all kinds of bad experiencing and bringing bad people into your life to turning it around into a positive one and mm-hmm. uh, uh, sort of breaking through the cycle of negativity, bad relationship, bad experiences into having fulfilling and rewarding experiences with the people around you and understanding the mechanism of it and which are the steps that people should take to actually break through the karmic pattern, those imprints that they need to be identified in order to be worked out. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I think, do you, do you think it's difficult for people? I'm so glad that you understand the step-family relationship, that, you know, both of you think that it's really difficult to actually figure out, you know, what it is that's, 
bringing this karma to you to, to actually notice it? What are the tips to be able to do that? Uh, I'm going to pass you my daughter because she's okay. nearby me and I have her. Because you know what? For her, it was also very interesting, you know, to be raised in a family with two sisters, you know, that were not biological his sisters, but she had to kind of, you know, blend into this family. Mm-hmm. You know, we, have to, we, had to, we had to create a totality of family that was not biologically necessarily united, but was karmically united. So we, right. we shared that karma together. We created more karma together in the family because, you know, I really believe that talking about karma, we create karma every single day. And I want to see what tips my daughter can come up, you know, so from the perspective of a 20-something-year-old that, you know, it's, it's fascinating to learn about karma at such an early age and understand the concept so that you can go through life without carrying it on your shoulder, fixing it, resolving it, you know, and feel free. If you're not free from the karmic ties, you know what I mean, you really get a burden that grows and becomes heavier as you get older. So it's very, very powerful to heal your karma, to fix it, so that you can, can move on and don't carry. Because if the karma gets unresolved, you get stuck into it, and it continues to manifest. That's why I think of karma as some kind of a wheel that you need to escape, because right. otherwise you continue to create similar situations, circumstances, then you can't escape, escape the cycle of reoccurring uh, experiences because that's what karma is all about. So um, let me pass it to my daughter and uh, let her give the tips perspective of her own life and understanding of um, the karmic ties that we have with people in our lives. That would be awesome, Alexandra. <clears throat> it would be really helpful to get your perspective. Of course. Thank you so much for having us on. Well, I came from a blended family. I saw my mom become a stepmom overnight, and certainly that's never easy. And I, I became a half-sister overnight. So that, that mm-hmm. was, you know, it, it, was all, it was all kind of new and, and, and weird to us because a lot of times people tend to reject their karmic challenges, and they think, why am I being placed in this situation? Why do I have to have a, a new mom when, you know, I, I was perfectly fine with my old mom. Why couldn't my parents right. just get along for Why do I have to accept all of these new siblings and, and all of these new family members that I don't necessarily feel I have a connection with? But the first thing that you have to do is you really have to go within yourself and you have to accept your karmic challenges because there's no way around them. The more mm-hmm. that you reject them, and the more that you're scornful towards your, your circumstances, the, the harder that they will become. The more that you mm-hmm. don't want to get along with somebody, the more that relationship will strain your life and impede mm-hmm. your own well-being. So the first thing that you have to do is you just have to understand that these people came into your life for a reason, and what is the best that you can make out of it? You know, everyone's going to give us trouble, whether it's our biological parents, our step-parents, our biological siblings or, you know, complete strangers. Everyone's going to give us trouble sooner or later, but instead of retaliating against them and, and just thinking, oh, you know, I'm just going to get away from these people and I want nothing to do with them, instead of doing that, you have to think, how can I heal the situation karmically? How can I respond to their actions so that actually karma is being healed and good karma is being generated instead of perpetuating the negative karma that might already exist. 
And we tend to believe, my mom and I tend to believe that karmic experiences, especially family experiences, because that's your first sort of karma, is the family that you're born into. You, get, you don't get to choose your family. You're born into one for very specific reasons. We think that comes from prior lives. We think mm-hmm. that in a, in a prior life, maybe, you know, let's say if you have a stepfather in this life, maybe you were missing a father figure in a prior life. So that's already um, a convoluted karma that's been created. So in this life, you come back seeking a father figure or, reversely, a mother figure. So, you know, it can work either way, but your karma always comes from, from your past, from your soul's past. You might not necessarily remember what happened in a past life. It would be weird if you did, but we mm-hmm. know that karma comes from prior lives and it manifests in this life. And the best thing that we can do for ourselves is accept the challenge and, and turn it into positive karma because that's mm-hmm. what life's all about is turning the negative into the positive. Well, you know, um, I, I agree with you. We always say over evil stepmother speaks that, that, that which you resist persists, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's, it's the truth. But, you know, I guess what a lot of us would ask is that how do you tell the difference, or maybe there isn't a difference, between something you would call maybe like a toxic relationship versus karma? Mm-hmm. That's like a lot of the women in, in my groups, they, they talk a lot about that. Like how did I get, you know, the, the old how did I get myself into this? Is it the relationship that's bad? Yeah. or It's hard to sort it out, you know? Absolutely. Um, I think there is a difference between a karmic relationship and a toxic relationship. I think that bad karma brings in toxic relationships, but then it's completely your free will to stay in them and prolong them or recognize your, that, that it is your own, um, I guess, tarnished karma that brought that, that bad relationship in and, and, and work to resolve the dynamic and then just walk away versus thinking, oh, God, you know, here I am in another bad relationship. Um, I'm, I'm just going to stick with it because I don't know any better. So you always have to recognize your own karmic patterns that are bringing in bad relationships, but then you, you don't have to stay in them. That's your own free will. You know, you, you trap yourself in your own cycles. Karma, karma doesn't, doesn't make you stay anywhere or make you take the decisions that you take. That's, that's your own, you know, logic and the way that, that you rationalize things that is making you do that. Well, psychologically, right. you know, karmi, uh, toxic relationships are never uh, recommended to be prolonged. So if you're in a toxic relationship, that's uh, not healthy for your uh, uh, mind, for your well-being. So you want to walk away from a toxic relationship because you actually staying in it, you will create even more damage. And, you know, as I said, there's individual karma, family karma, global karma. Your individual karma, your family karma suffers when you're in a toxic relationship. Those should be always identified, avoided, and, yeah, and you are recommended to kind of walk away from those relationships in which you perpetuate negativity and you perpetuate wrong action because our karma is the intention and the action that is negative if it's a negative karma. So we're talking about toxicity. There's no question about it that you will respond in a negative way to a relationship that is not okay, that is not healthy, that is damaging your well-being. So, um, well, you know, here's, uh, here's where I want to speak for some of the, the uh, I always call them my girls and my women in my tribe here, 
Because I think a, yeah. a lot of us get confused about that, that difference. So I'll give you a typical example. So most yeah. of the time what people are talking about from a stepmother perspective is not being treated well, not being acknowledged. I do all this work and no one acknowledges me. It's like I don't exist. It's like I'm... Um, I'm 10th on the list, if you will. The kids come first, the careers come first, the this, the that. And, of course, we'll get into the infamous X and the relationship there. But, you know, do you see what I mean? Like, is, I, sometimes I think toxic it gets into a safety-slash-health arena. Um, but a lot of times I, I think a lot of the women are just unsure. Like, you know, they just feel, start to feel bad about themselves because they just start to lose their sense of boundaries is that toxic or is it karma? I, and that might be an unfair question. When you so uh, karma is the way you respond to something. Okay. Create your own karma. So let's say okay, you meet a man like I did, and the man has two children. Now those kids will have a very hard time accepting you, uh, as in a way replacing uh, uh, their mother. And on the other hand, they will have a uh, which I noticed in my case that. Uh, my daughter's uh, stepdaughter is accepting me in a very difficult way because yeah. they never believed me. Why am I with their father? You know what I mean? They never believed I would ever love them. I did more for them than I did for, for my own daughter with my husband. So in, act, in actuality, I, I work harder to overcome the, uh, right. you know, the, the, the difficult situation between me and them. And I responded to their resentment and, and, and um, lack of acceptance with more and more love and doing things for them. I ended up by doing for them much more than their own biological mother. Absolutely. I, uh, you know what I mean? I paid for their school. I took them to college every day. I, and I was the one raising them. They live with me under the same roof. You know what I mean? And Yet, all these years, for many years, they still had a hard time accepting me, but in the end, you know, end up by loving me and seeing mm -hmm. the good in me. So I feel like acting this way, my response to the karma that my husband brought into, into my life, his own so-called baggage from his previous marriage, you know, but that was, as I said, not a lot of people have that kind of a, patient sometime or a lot of people don't have the wisdom to learn how to deal with this mm -hmm. uh, and that's where people need to differentiate their their uh, um, uh, karma versus their own emotion and reaction and everything but I should say that if that's the case for a lot of people they have to be very wise very loving because actually love erases karma wisdom erases karma um, so we have to know how to respond to difficult situations that have a karmic uh, implication. So karma means the accumulation of the action of my husband that have to do with his marriage and bringing those mm -hmm. kids in as well, and he brought that into my life. Mm -hmm. So I had, and it became my own karma indirectly, so I had to respond in a way or another to the uh, situation with those two children. So I think I did a great job, that's what I think for myself, by raising them, loving them, doing everything for them, mm -hmm. and even for their children later on. And this is the way in which I responded in the right way to the karma that was brought into my life. Right. Uh, and the way they, yeah, the way they treated me is their own karma. You understand what I mean? If right, they exactly right. And do you they, think, 
it's yeah. like a lesson in true unconditional love? Absolutely. I think that in a way or another, when we go through life, we are put through major lessons of loving uh, people unconditionally and even animals unconditionally the way they love us, you know. We are tested, you know. Life is a, it's a, 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 a long series of challenges and tests and experiences that actually are supposed to make us, um, you know, grow and feel better and uh, um, learn from life and grow emotionally and spiritually. So if mm-hmm. we fail, you know, it, uh, this major lesson of life, that's why we used to say that the law of karma, the lessons of karma are the foundation of your life. If you don't mm-hmm. learn those, then you know what I mean? You'll have a very hard time through your mm-hmm. own evolution as a as a soul, as a person, as a spirit, because it's not only about your body, you know what I mean? It's yeah. about your mind. It's about your your uh, 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 spirit evolution, the spiritual lessons that you're supposed to learn. So then you you get older with dignity. Then you don't carry baggage. Mm. You know. Then you feel at a certain age, as getting older, that hey, I am okay in my life. I fulfilled. I went through it, and I learned the lesson. You don't learn the lesson, you go back to being forced to learn them again. Because right. at the end of the day, life is, life is a school. We are here to learn. We are That's here right. to reach the final destination, to go into a higher dimension without carrying the baggage. I used to say in my first book, Everyday Karma, that when we die, all we take with us is that city mm-hmm. realm, that karma, that, that right. is the totality of our action when we are on earth, you know. So that's all you take with you. You don't take your bank accounts, your possession, you know, your properties, uh, nothing. You take the way you responded to the biggest life experiences, the biggest life challenges. So that's why you think of karma, the way you act, the way you react to everybody coming into your life and to everything that life uh, is, uh, is putting you through. And you know many of the stepmothers like in our and I, I see them you know and they when they talk about their lives as a stepmother, I think the question that they're asking themselves and perhaps silently asking themselves is, okay, but I can get rid of this karma because I can divorce this guy and just not ever marriage anyone else with quote you know baggage, if you will, yes, but then what have you uh been challenged to what have you learned you know? And there's mm-hmm. no bigger satisfaction at going through a major life experience out of which you emerge stronger, wiser, better as a person, and feeling excited that you did something good, regardless of what the other people thought or did to you, you know? So oh, that's yep. the wisdom of life. That's right. That's awesome. And you know what, Alexandra, I have a question for you. So yeah. you're... you're your mom was talking about and um, about how she felt that she just did way more for her stepchildren because mm-hmm. the more they sort of resisted her, the more they, you know, she was trying to gain their acceptance. Really, she found that she just did a lot more for them. Did you notice that growing I up? I noticed that. I noticed that, but you know what? I learned from my mom very early on. I mean, I always knew that you know she was the queen of karma, so I, I kind of learned what karma was early on I did become frustrated at certain points but you know I mean she's doing so much for these girls it's not always reciprocated the appreciation is not always there and then you know I need her to do things unconditionally for me because I'm her biological daughter and and why isn't that always happening but 
at the end of the day, you do these things without question. You do them because it's your own duty. It's your own karmic duty. You have to fulfill that. So my mom never questioned, oh, my God, why am I paying for these girls' school or why am I housing them? That that wasn't, you know, ever crossed her mind. And it wasn't crossing mine either because I was always getting what I needed. So I kind right. of just allowed her to work out her own karma with 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 her stepdaughters because that was necessary for her own evolution and their evolution as well. It's kind yeah. of like she needed to gain their acceptance. That was so important to her. And it became equally important to me because I realized that she was doing it out of pure love for them. She knew, she knew that this was one of her duties. She she had to make these girls love her back and prove to them that, hey, I can love you just as, mom, as much as your biological mom does. Yeah, did you ever feel any resentment towards them? No, I didn't, because with mm-hmm. me, they acted very well. I mean, we, we grew up, obviously, we grew up together, and, you know, we really were like sisters. We spent so much mm-hmm. time together, and like I said, I always got what I needed, and I understood the greater lesson behind it. I know a lot of people do feel resentment towards um mm-hmm other members of their family that are not necessarily their biological members of their family. And and that's because they think that somehow they're being shorthanded, you know, like a, like a child feeling resentment towards their step siblings. But when you do that, you're kind of disrupting the karma that needs to play out there. So right. you need to sometimes just retreat and let the other members of your family work out their own karmic dealings and understand that, you know, nobody's taking your mother's love away from you. That, that's what I realized. I'm like, you know, I need to let my mom just work out her own karma with, with her stepdaughters. And that doesn't mean that any of her love is reduced for me or that she's doing any less for me. Right. And, you know, uh, this might be a karmic lesson and, uh, from our mm-hmm. family. Our family is similar to yours. And I had mm-hmm. a biological son, married a man with children, so it's similar. And what my son has always said, um, I'll try to put this right. He said that he always, you know, just thanks the universe that I had Mm -hmm. stepped because I was such a, I'll be, I'll be kind to myself. This isn't exactly how he puts it, but I like to think of it as being a very passionate kind of big personality person who really focused on whatever I'm doing. And he said the Mm -hmm. notion that I would be focused only on him just would have been a nightmare. And then he thanks, you know, God every day that there were all these other kids to spread my energy around. That's what he says. I don't know right. if you ever look at it that like, like I can that. I, I can you know, so. What's that? I can definitely tell that you have a big, beautiful, bold, dynamic personality. And I feel that you, you feel the need to do things for many people around you, not just for the people who are related to you. So that's yeah, I, I feel the same way about your mom. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, that's the same deal. That's, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, um, I, have, I have a couple more questions. Um, one, sure. There's two. One of them is that, you know, this notion that karma can lay dormant, I just wanted to bring that point out, and mm-hmm. certain situations can sort of awaken it sort of like the sleeping dragon, if you will. Can you explain a little bit about that so that I want to make sure everyone understands it? Absolutely. So karma being an energy, it always is in our subconscious. It it lies there. It's like one of those, you know, I don't want to put it in a bad way, but it's like one of those like maybe 
um, symptoms that you don't notice for a long time or that goes away for a long time, and then it kind of reoccurs all of a sudden, often dramatically and suddenly. So we think sometimes that we've escaped our karma. We say, well, I told a lie a long time ago, and it was a big one, and nothing's happened for a number of years, so that means that I kind of got away with it. Well, no, you didn't. There will be a situation sooner or later in your life that will cause that lie or that action or whatever it is that you might have done that caused more karma to resurface. So there is Mm -hmm. never escaping your karma. It might lie dormant for a while, but it will always come back. Right. Okay, I wanted to make sure we were clear about that. And then another thing that I also wanted to address with both of you is that a subject that comes up a fair amount is the notion of obsessive thinking. You know when you get a thought in your mind and you just ruminate and ruminate and ruminate? Mm-hmm. That happens a lot with us. And um, can't speak for any exes if that happens the same. I don't. I'm not really sure, but especially around – the female relationships between the stepmother and the ex. It's probably the biggest discussion point followed only closely by, of course, working with the children, but probably mm-hmm. the relationship with the ex and the, um, I don't know if it's fair to call it um, obsessive thinking, but it's definitely a lot of stuck feeling. You can hear the women just constantly um, talking about it and almost feels like a lot. many of them can't get off it, if you will. Um, right. Does karma play a role in any of that, why we can't get unstuck? Or can well, we get unstuck? We, we can always get unstuck, but we have to be aware of what we're perpetuating. This goes back to what we were saying. Well, if you're, not, if you're not unstuck, you know what I mean? Of right. the karmic pattern, you can free yourself and you can move forward. And a side of you can take – people that are obsessed are people who live in the past, you know? Uh. Um, and people who are anxious are people who live in the future. It's so interesting. People who look back all the time, they're not living in the present, so they're missing the joy of living in the moment mm-hmm. because they, there is, they carry that. That's the whole reason about erasing and deleting kar- karmic imprints because you bring them on into your next uh, uh, moment of your life, into the next chapter of your life. You don't want to do that. You want to close karmic doors, need to be closed. So you've been married, you divorced, cut the cord. Definitely don't look back. Don't necessarily bring those issues into your next uh, marriage or into your next relationship. That's so powerful. I'm glad that you're bringing this out because uh, women should know that if you go back into what happened to your ex, you will continue to manifest the same situation into your next marriage and create similar karmic patterns of uh, behavior into your next marriage. So that's very powerful. You want to, you know, it's very important to, to understand that you want to live in the present. You don't want to live in the past, and you don't also want to live anxious about your future. So being always terrified of what's going to happen to me because I did this in the past. Then you become anxious, and that leads to anxiety and all kinds of forms of depression. I actually think people who are depressed, are people who live in the past. That's my major conclusion. You are depressed, you're living in your past. You are at peace, you're living in the moment because your past has been deleted, especially the negative imprints of your past. That's Mm -hmm. why the whole theory of my book is how can you delete karmic patterns? How can you get rid of the karmic patterns? You know what I mean? And move Uh. on into, into the future. 
How can you do this? You know, it's very, very powerful. It's very important to get rid of all the karmic negative karmic situations so you can live at peace in the moment and not be afraid of your future. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and that, applies another... that applies at every level of your being, at every level of your family, at every level of the global uh, 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 world, you know, talking about uh-huh. communities and the, the uh, uh, world as a whole, you know, the collective mind of this planet where we can see a lot of depression, a lot of wrong action right. that haven't been fixed coming from thousands of years ago, the same fights, the same conflicts within each other, the same negative emotions. When right. is the world going to wake up and say, stop, we don't want to live this way anymore. We have to get rid of what happened in the past and stop obsessing with the Second World War and that there has to be a war. Why do we live in that fear? Because of right. whatever happened to us globally. So that applies, you know, applies to Mother Earth because karma is something that Mother Earth has for whatever has been happening to our planet. So it's just such an extraordinary concept that applies to every one of us and to us globally. Right. I mean, um, you know, along with that, talking about the past, and, and this is a little bit different, but, you know, I think a lot about, like, the prolific and constant stories about, first of all, women not getting along. That kind of permeates in our stepfamily life. Um, notions about exes and stepmothers, you know, they have to be natural-born enemies. Um, oh, I had, I had this experience. I have to yeah. share it with you. So talking about yeah, my husband being married to another woman. So he divorced her when those kids were like um, – one was nine months and one was like a year and a half. So he divorced wow. her and he left her with those two kids. And then he fight for those kids and end up by uh, to, taking custody of those kids. But she never let go. She was at my door. I was married to my husband 20 years. So all those years she was at my door unexpectedly, you know, uh-huh. just pretending she wants to, to see the kids. And I knew she hated me being happy and she being alone and, she almost thought in her mind that I stole her husband, which I didn't, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Because I had nothing to do. But I felt that negativity, energy constantly, you know, from her, of why, you, you know, she came always to me and she was telling me, oh, my wedding was better than yours. Or, yeah. okay, these are my kids. She, she came with all that, uh, uh, with her own emotion of being a woman, unsatisfied, abandoned, so she came with her own issues, bringing all of those issues to me. And me, that I'm a you know, trained psychologist, I tried to actually handle her as beautifully as possible. Also, I needed to set boundaries because she crossed mm-hmm. the line. All the time. She was at my door every day, almost like she wanted to move with us, you know. So right. I know what you're talking about, and I know how difficult it is you know, to handle a situation like this. But if you have the wisdom again, you know, we used to say that wisdom, I'm repeating this, erases the karmic imprint. I had to react very wise. I had to react with compassion. I had to put myself in her shoes and understand Mm -hmm. she was going through a hard time. I had to realize she actually became alone, depressed. And I end up, I tried to be her best friend, believe it or not. I tried to, uh, to, uh, to, to kind of, you know, go to her place and understand her emotions. So you see, and that was the lesson for me too. I had to learn what she was feeling, you know. 
I but once you fun, feel like you have some yeah. empathy and you you get some, what yeah. were like the next steps? Like how how did that relationship end up? <laughs> no, it it's just we became friends at the end of the okay. day. You know, we became friends and we uh, accepted each. I I was the one accepting her. I was the one that ended up by welcoming her in my house and say, okay, is there anything that we can do for you? We just have you have to face the reality. She was just that person I'm telling you that was living in the past. So 20 uh-huh. years later, she still lived in her mind that she was married to my husband. She, never, she was never able to close the door to the marriage to my husband, and she was never able to move on with her life. You understand? So uh-huh. the danger of a woman reacting this way if she goes through a divorce is, is very big. So right. women who go through a divorce, they can be very damaged for whatever you know, they've been going through, and they will carry that. So what I actually, and, and in the end, she found somebody. Because mm-hmm. I, was, I, was, I wanted to become an instrument in showing her that there is another life for her, there is something else for her, and that she needs to make peace with the fact that my husband is not going to go back to her. That will never happen in spite of the fact that they have those two kids. So, mm-hmm. um, because she didn't want to. So, uh, so, but that, but that was a challenge for me, I tell you, and even for her. But she was typically the situation of a woman who could never, who became obsessed, obsessed, exactly like you said, obsessed mm-hmm. and and hurt, continued to be hurt for many years by what has happened to her. And and, and you know what? You couldn't only feel sorry for somebody who didn't have a life anymore. And right. And what kind of boundaries did you set up? Well, I tried to explain her that coming like this to my home uninvited and, you know, uh, coming with the sense of, hey, uh, you know, why has this been done to me? It's not healthy for her. So I, I, I many times told her, listen, don't just come so uninvited. But if you want to talk, you know, I want to be your counselor. I'm listening to you. At the beginning, she rejected me. At the beginning, mm-hmm. she saw me as an enemy. She even instigated those girls against me, you know. Telling them all the time, this is not your mother, especially right. she got very irritated when I was doing a lot of good stuff for her. Because, again, a woman who is obsessed, lives in the past, becomes very angry, very destructive. She's putting all, and this is a big mistake, to instigate a father against the children or a mother against it. That's a terrible psychological yeah. mistake because sure. what, what it does, it hurts the evolution of the, of the kids, because the kids will always live with that resentment. You never blame, you know, your ex uh, because of anything. If you have your own issues, you heal them with him, but don't involve the kids. That's something that everybody should know. I and know and when, when you're talking about the relationship with the ex, where did your husband fit into it? What position did he take? Was he dependent on you handling it, or was, what was his position? Uh, my husband was not as, uh, how should I say, willing to cooperate this way. He became very angry with her. Uh, not me, him. He said, well, mm-hmm. you don't have to, you're not allowed to, closing the door on her, telling her to. I mean, he responded in a, more like a male, like a more, in, more aggressive way to her. Right. And I, I wanted to be the healing force here. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be the one that I... Um, was teaching him a lesson, too, by saying, you know, whatever happened in the past needs to stay in the past and needs to be healed. And then I kind of tried to, I don't know if my husband ever made peace with her. You know, I don't think so. You know what I mean? I don't, yeah. I don't think he was ever able to, 
to reach that level of uh, of uh, awareness that ne- this is something that needs to be resolved and not carried on forever. But I tell you, cases like mine, there are millions of cases like mine because millions of people go through divorces and millions of people, if not hundreds of millions of people, have children from previous marriages and that is always a big issue for the children or for the people who separate. And this is all called karma in relationship. And that's why I said, let me write a book on this one so I can right. you know, bring a little bit of wisdom to everybody going through this and make people acknowledge the role of their own action, their own response to the karmic pattern that are brought to them, how significant, how powerful. Because at the end of the day, we all want to be like free people in this world, free from being damaged. Nobody wants to be obsessed. Nobody wants to be depressed. Nobody wants to live in the past. We all should live in the present. Well, you know, I hear something that's really important that I don't know that we ever talk about it in in our groups, and that is that, you know, it's almost reminding ourselves that each one of us has a separate path. I think it's easy to forget that when you're in a, a step family kind of a yeah, move, you completely thing. forget yourself. You know, all you right. think is that you've been uh, hurt. You know, and you all you you don't think of you. And and this this is where people become self-destructive. I mean, you look at all the women, or, or even men, where there is this um, separation that they know how they don't know how to deal with. Uh, the first thing that happens, they self-destruct. Uh, and they, mm-hmm. they, they either uh, uh, become uh, depending on drugs or start smoking, drinking. Um, the tendency to self-destruct, what you cannot cope with situations like this because you simply don't understand why this is happening to you. And more so, how am I going to cope with this? And then you become trapped in that wheel of wrong action and wrong emotion and wrong thinking, and you carry it, and the more you trap, the worse it gets. The more you allow the time to go by and you're not freeing yourself from that, it grows. It's an energy that actually, that's why I always said that karma grows like wheat. So it mm-hmm. needs to be uh, worked out, deleted, reversed. The good question is it can be reversed. Things can be changed, but people don't mm-hmm. know how. And I think there's a lot of tips in my book that show your listeners, you know, that there are ways of of identifying the karmic pattern and healing it and breaking through and moving on and being a a, a healthy person again. Because if you live as an obsessed person, obsession leads to a destructive pattern. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for either one of you can take this one, what would be like three tips that you would give to break the karmic pattern that would be maybe better habits to form or? Well, the tips to break the karmic pattern, there's many tips to break karmic pattern, but they're essential ones. And the number one is you acknowledge, you know, is becoming aware because the problem with us, we are not aware of our own intention, action, and our own karmic pattern. So Mm -hmm. when something like this happens to the person, the person becomes blind by not seeing what is the lesson behind. And sometimes, right. you know, you go through a divorce, and guess what? You meet somebody who's even ten times better than your ex, you know? And then you go back and you say, aha, at least, you know, God had a better plan for me. Mm-hmm. So the moment when you go through a bad situation in life, now karma applies to your physical body. People get sick because of karmic situations. So 
Let's say right. you go to a divorce. Chances are you don't know how to handle it. You, you develop breast cancer. You develop all kinds of diseases as a result of the situation that you didn't know how to go through. So number one tip is acknowledge the lesson in itself and, and know how to see beyond this and know how to, to accept the fact that you are actually an obsessed person. You know, it's like, like in, um, in, uh, in, uh, when you're an alcoholic, you go to those AI meetings and you acknowledge that you are exactly the same thing. You acknowledge mm-hmm. that you have a problem with the past. You acknowledge you have a problem with, with not letting go. You acknowledge you have an obsessive pattern of behavior. So with the first, when you, you're aware, there's a way you can heal. When there's no awareness, then there's nothing to be done. That's when you get stuck. The problem is a lot of people are not uh, aware of what is happening to them, and they trapped in the, those emotions. So pattern is don't let emotion. Um, and I think my daughter has something to say. I'm going to let her say what she has to say here. And I think one of the key elements to um, breaking through and discovering that awareness is really keeping track of your thoughts and your actions every single day because we don't realize the thoughts that we're thinking, they come on kind of like on autopilot. We know we're already programmed to think them. So we really, if it, if it takes this and we have to do this, even if it's making a list of our thoughts every day, what do we wake up thinking what do we mm-hmm. continue to think? What are we thinking on our way to work when we have nothing else, you know, occupying our minds? What are we right. thinking as we're cooking dinner? These are the moments at which we have a silent moment uh, to ourselves. So what exactly is popping up in our minds? That's really important to note. Uh, are we focusing on things that happened 10 years ago? Are we focusing on a person constantly? Are we anxious? You know, And once we establish that, hey, yes, my thoughts automatically go to this person or to this time or to this location, then we can say, all right, well, now I can take the action to reverse that. And a lot of people think that they can't stop their thoughts, they can't change their thoughts because it's something that comes without their approval and without their, um, you know, without them even understanding that it's Mm -hmm. coming on. We absolutely can change our thoughts because the more we think about something, the more uh, we form neural pathways to that thought. So right. that's why it's really hard to get out of obsessive thinking because there are so many neurons clustered around a single thought. So it keeps coming up. It's like, right. um, it's like smoking in a way. You know, it can, a thought can become an addiction because we keep doing it so our bodies are, and our minds are programmed to just revert to that action. And once we, once we catch that bad thought coming on, if we can literally divert our attention away from it, if we can say, oh, it's popping up again, okay, so let me replace that with something more productive. Let me change the scenario in my mind. If I'm constantly anxious that my partner will leave me, let me force myself to imagine a better scenario. I don't think we realize how much power we have over our own thoughts and actions. We become victim to them, and that's because we choose to become victim to them, not because we have to be. We can change absolutely any circumstance in our mind and we can change our actions if only we're aware of them, and we put some effort into it. Exactly right, and that's why, like uh, sometimes reversing the thought and doing and, and actually stating what you know the opposite of what you're thinking mm-hmm. is really powerful. And and like to your point, it's been proven scientifically that our brains and our, our neuroplastic they can absolutely build new new neuropathways. So you're you're quite right. 
this has just been, I mean, we only have five minutes left. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, now I just want to switch. Um, we know that we all have to read the book, The Karma Queen's Guide to Relationships and the Truth About Karma and Relationships. I would love to hear um, what else is going on with the two of you. I'd love to get the dirt on the Bravo show. What's going on with that? Oh, well, that. I'm afraid mm-hmm. must be kept under wraps until it actually comes to life. But we are working diligently to make our own projects and our dreams come to life, as everyone should be. And, you know, we're staying productive every day. We're working on uh, new books. My mom is working on her own book on oh, good. the wisdoms of life. I'm working on my book about how to get away from a bad man. So that should be a really interesting one. Uh, uh, both of you need to come back <laughs> on both those things. Oh, please, please have us back on. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. I would love to. And, yeah, when you're ready to talk about the show, I mean, you know, my girls, we will be watching and we will be reading, too. We love all of this. I can't thank the two of you enough. I mean, can you believe we talked for almost an hour? It felt like five minutes, didn't it? It was just great. And, and you know what, and if if, – I will be writing, obviously, um, all, the, all the folks that follow the Evil Stepmother Speaks and Stepmom Life class. I'll be writing a lot more about what Dr. Hara and Alexandra had to say. But please, you know, Google them, um, read some of their interviews, and, of course, get the book. Um, it's so incredibly helpful that you realize right now, like, just from listening to this. So we'll make sure that everybody in our tribe um, listens to this interview, and I'm sure um, – they're going to want to get the book. And I can't thank you again for joining us. It's been incredibly helpful. And it was a really special, it really made it special for all of us to know that the two of you um, mm-hmm. grew up in a step family and in a blended situation. So you're part of the tribe now, whether you want to be or not. So, and we appreciate <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, we are. And I want to tell you, Barb, nothing yeah. sounds more real and more authentic than what you learn from your own life experiences. And I think that's why, the book is authentic because it comes from somebody who's been out there, you know. That's right. And you have that lesson to learn, and you try to learn it. And I think that the, the book is about uh, uh, what's something that all of us should learn. And, uh, and, again, I am so grateful, and my daughter is both of us, to you that, you know, you gave us a chance, you know, to, to talk uh, to so many people and, you know, um, address this issue to the world because it should be addressed. It has to be addressed. I think it's great that you are working on uh, helping people be more um, peaceful with their self and correct their action and learn about the concept of karma. So what you're doing is uh, extraordinary work, you know, a divine work. Well, thank you so much. And the same back to you. We'll be out on social media. And when you have new projects, let us know because we uh, we have Twitter stepmoms out there, and uh, we'll be glad to spread the message anytime. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, take care, and you. Um, thank you. hopefully we'll all meet again and talk again. I so hope thank so you very, much. Soon. very soon. Yeah, thank soon. You. All right. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Right. Bye bye.